Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. I'm Evan Klosky. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making the Locked On Rays podcast your first listen every day. And remember, the podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join Ulysses and I this week to get in on the Tampa Bay Rays action and conversation. That is Spotify Green Room. Okay, it has been a while, Ulysses, but he has returned. Evan Klosky. Channel 10, Tampa Bay WTSP sports director. And I blame, I blame the Rays ALDS loss on you. Talking about Brandon Lyle, Beantown Masher, Beantown Masher, whatever your nickname is for the guy. 0 for 18 should be his new nickname. I this loss is on Klosky. It's not on Kevin Cash. It's not on Shane McClanahan. Okay. It's not on Matt Whistler. It's what? not on Brandon Lau. It's on Klosky. You didn't tell me this. You didn't tell me that it was on Klosky. This is a surprise to me too, Evan. I didn't know that he was he was going off on this. Evan, uh, what do you think about this? Look, the numbers were the numbers. I just give it like it is. It's not my fault that Brandon Lau totally forgets how to play the game of baseball in the postseason. That's not on me. <laughs> you were his hype man, his hype train. I man. Was. Loop. And it's so depressing because, uh, you know, Eric Neander was 1,000% correct. Just, you know, game one, he had great at-bats and he hit the ball hard. He just hit him at people. And I just felt like he felt like he was spiraling again. And, it, you know, he, he just put together crappy at-bats. It wasn't even like – it was just he stepped up to the plate and it was like you knew he was going to strike out. It was, it was one of those things. It was so depressing. And I feel for him because he works hard and he's a great player. It's just it's, – it's in between the ears and that's something that analytics cannot define. Do you think he'll get out of this when it comes to postseason baseball again? Because this is becoming a trend now. Yeah. yeah. Ulysses, what, three years in a row? Yeah. Because he had – 2020 postseason as well not as bad as this 0 for 18 start which yeah. by the way he had the second most at bats this postseason of any race player right. Wander franco was the only guy that had more at bats than him which so. makes no sense when a guy is struggling this much to keep putting him out to get the most at bats that made no sense whatsoever i told kevin that 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 was a kevin crash moment uh one of, of a few in, in the postseason but evan you know, we started with with this. Do you actually? Yeah, I, I want to hear your answer. Do you think that he gets out of this? Uh, I would argue yes, because if you were to cobblestone a larger sample size, one can assume that he's going to have a series in the future where he explodes. Right. Mm-hmm. That he has like a, a, a Kike Hernandez postseason where he's just getting hits left and right. Now, he is such a boomer bust type guy. I don't think he can ever climb out of the 100 batting average that he's at right now, which is over 100 at bat. So, I mean, it is a pretty large postseason sample size we're looking at right now. Having said that, it is tough to imagine that the dude who has done X, Y, and Z throughout the season is just going to flop forever in the playoffs, especially considering that the Rays should be in the playoffs, you know, for a long time in the future. 
maybe pick a season here or there where it doesn't work out. But I, uh, you know, I, I believe in Lau long term. Having said that, I, you know, I, I understood Kevin Cash when he said, hey, you know, anybody else in the league who had 39 home runs and 100 ribbies, you wouldn't be complaining to them. Why are you sitting them? You don't sit those players. I understand that. The fact of the matter is his at-bats were trash. That was the problem is that he didn't look like he was there mentally. And especially in some of those big moments uh, in game four, you know, um, I, I especially, you know, once they tied up the game, I thought that was a, a big spot maybe to, to pull him. Even though what, I what we're play. confused about though, Evan yeah. and, and you Kevin get, Cash you know making that argument. Yes. Is, <laughs> You continue to give Brandon Lau opportunities, but you're very quick to pull a pitcher. You're very yeah. quick, quick to pull Shane McClanahan or Shane Boz or Drew Rasmussen. Moreover, um, Joey Wendell, an all-star, he got what, four at-bats? And, and, and set down completely in game four. And, and so I understand that in a July setting where, okay, he's got 100 the games left, 130 games left. Yeah, keep pushing Brandon Lau and get him right, but – in a postseason, isn't it a mistake to be a manager and 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 manage the game in the postseason just like you did in the regular season? Because you don't have 162 games. I mean, you have 11 wins to get, but you can't lose three in a row, and and you can't make those mistakes. So, is shouldn't a manager have a different tactic to be during the postseason than in the regular season? It's a great question, and it's one where Eric Neander and, and Kevin Cash and the the post you know, after everything ended and they talked to the media, something that they're grappling with. They're trying to find the balance between what got them there and what's going to work in the postseason. I think, um, you know, a lot of teams, it's tough because the playoffs are a crapshoot. And I think the one takeaway for me personally is a, you know, entering the postseason, I think we talked about how, worried where we were about the starting pitching then we stopped talking about it because we we grew optimism towards the people who were going to be lining up and that ultimately blew them in the end uh you know blew up their chances of, of going back to the world series i thought that game four was managed a bit they they the, the line was we got to do what got us here and i'm okay with that but game four was not what got you there. I'm sorry, but if you wanted to pitch Shane McClanahan four innings, you should have brought him to start in the first inning. The guy never came out of the bullpen all year. And right. I know that Shane O'Mac is a gamer. I know he wants the ball. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with him blowing up in the first inning, honestly, because they were stuck. But you, you, you had McHugh, and I, I just – I uh, I don't know that that one's going to sting for a long time because it was something that they never have done before. So you told me that, you know, I get it. It's the playoffs. Anything is possible. But you also gave me the company line that you're going to do what got you here. So what gives? Where do we delineate between what got you here and, oh, it's the playoffs. So anything goes because you can't use it for one argument and then showcase it in a different side of the other. And. I don't know if you want it. He was like, Oh, I want to use him for four innings so he can turn over that part of the lineup twice. And I was just like, I don't know. Why couldn't you just pitch him one through four then? And you know, like if you wanted to turn him over, like 
you re, I just think they were nitpicking. Like if you wanted him to turn over twice in the meat of the order, just stop, stop trying to manage every little tiny thing. I think sometimes you just got to like roll out the horses who got you there and just play the best players. It's like fantasy football. All right. Sometimes you look at the matchups and you're like, Oh man, like my star player is going up against this rushing defense. Should I sit him? Just play your star players. Just let them go. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You can sleep easy at night. I, I kind of want to dig into this. You know, the, the, the biggest reason in your viewpoint of what, what happened, what, why did the, the Rays have such an early exit? We've talked about big bats going cold. We, you've talked about uh, the pitching, not really pitching like we had thought that they would during September. We've talked about the Kevin Crash yeah. moments. What is the biggest reason in your viewpoint? Because, I mean, we've talked about yeah. that at length. And Kevin. let me also add this as another option, the oddities and quirks that happened throughout this series. The Renfro ground rule double situation, the obstruction call or non-call on Randy and Schwarber, some of the ball strike calls in Fenway Park, a lot of little things that could have added up there, but big picture, why did what was the downfall of the Rays in this series? Yeah, I think ultimately the downfall was the starting pitching. Look, I, 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 I was worried about the ninth inning entering the, the postseason. And the fact is we had two games where they came down to late inning situations and they didn't necessarily have go-to guys. They didn't. Uh, it, and part of the reason was they burned out so many pitchers because they had to pull their starters out ASAP. And they completely just torched through a, a, a ton of relievers. And, you know, look, uh, game one was the Rays playing spectacular baseball. Game two, outside of a, a, a grand slam in the first inning and that 5-2 lead, like, you know, it was mostly the, the Red Sox hitting the cover off the ball. You know, I can't blame Kevin Cash that there were like six pitchers that day who could not do their job, that you can tinker with whatever move here or there. Whoever he put in stunk. It just didn't matter. They all stunk. They all gave up runs. Nobody stopped the bleeding. Then it, then it ultimately came down to two coin flip games on the road. One happened to involve the flukiest, unluckiest play that you might see in baseball. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the other involved a tremendous comeback where they did not capitalize on uh, a guy on second with no outs. And, you know, ultimately it was cool that they made the comeback, but they didn't, they didn't finish the job. So there's a lot of little plays and in the playoffs, every little play matters, but you know, guys like Brandon Lau didn't hit at all. Uh, Nelson mm -hmm. Cruz outside of game one, didn't do anything. Um, God, I mean, outside of Randy and Wander, and, and honestly, uh, at the end there, Kevin Ky Kiermaier was making some big-time plays. Uh, mm -hmm. Kiermaier at least brought it defensively. I don't ask him to do much offensively. And even he was chipping in at, at sort of three and four there at the end. Um, but outside of, like, those guys, I mean, who, who were having the standout moments? Nobody, you know, those guys needed help. And the Red Sox were just bulldozing through the Rays pitching and, you know, to be fair, um, outside of Shane McClanahan in game four, the Rays pitching held up for the most part. And, out, you know, game three, the pitching held up for the most part uh, outside of Rasmussen at the gates. So I just think it, it, it came down to a culmination of not having 
the horses at the start of your rotation to set up a great bullpen and B just not not making one or two more plays, which could have put you over the top. And um, I don't want to overcomplicate it because the, the games three and four were, were so hard fought. And mm, yeah, I mean, look as badly as game four was going at the start game, game four at the end was all raised and they had all momentum and they just couldn't get over the hump. So um, there, there's just a lot of little things, but overall I think, what they tried to do with the starting pitching and the risk they took, which I don't blame them at all with the rotation, how they did it. I just think ultimately that blew up in their face and come next year, they, they gotta, they gotta find stalwarts there, a veteran presence or something to just, you know, and they're good at one year deals and all that stuff. So we'll see what they have, but you know, they do need like a Charlie Morton type to kind of, you know, help them out. But Look, uh, McClanahan, Boz, this was all an important experience for them. Rasmussen, they, they really are built well for the future. And, and this will hopefully turn into a positive later down the road because all these guys will be able to draw back on this experience. You know, we, we, we talk about what went wrong. And I, I think that game four is going to be kind of what happened with game six, a situation where mm. Kevin Cash brought in a guy who had been hurt at just and, and gotten hurt in, in Nick Anderson instead of somebody else in game six. And in game four, you know, you have Brandon Lau with a man on second who has had no luck at all, body language horrible, and you've got an all-star in the bench and you don't use him. Yeah. I think we can, you know, you yeah. see the parallel there. I do. I, although I, I'm not quite sure it's as magnified as the whole Blake Snell situation last yes. year, but yeah. I get the comparison there. But, you know, and, and just, you know, quickly with Joey Wendell and that stuff, I mean, a, a move that nobody really talks about that much is the fact that Wendell wasn't there at third base to end that game. Mm-hmm. Yandy Diaz makes the error. And if that play is made, we're going to extras. So, yeah, exactly. you know, there, there were just, there were just little, there were just little tiny things. I, it, the big thing was the starting pitching, mm-hmm. but the little things just the Rays didn't have a lot of little things go their way, and that that's the difference between winning a playoff series and losing a playoff series. That just it is those little plays, those little pockets yeah. of momentum, and uh, and and making the right tinker and, and cash and company. They just they didn't have the right moves. They didn't have it. That's why we need like a uh, best of 11, best of 15 playoff <laughs> series for baseball. Really, let's do it justice. Let's make it fair here for the uh, division winners. Uh, now is the time to make the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It is the number one financial system. That's because NetSuite gives you the visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place. Right now, special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. Visit netsuite.com slash locked on right now. That's netsuite.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Whenever I want to get a tasty but healthy and delicious snack i i know what to get kevin i, I know mm-hmm. what to get evan I, it's it's a built bar 
I got to get Built Bar. So you got to get them too. You know, maybe this 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 episode is like getting you down. You're like, oh, why are we doing another postmortem of the 2021 ALDS exit? Look, get yourself a Built Bar right now. And I don't know what your favorite flavor is, but Built.com's got them all. They've got coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. As many flavors as Kevin Crash moments in the postseason. My goodness. So many, okay? And look, they've got 17 to 18 grams protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams sugar, 4 to 5 grams net carbs. you got to order today. You go to Built.com and you choose your flavors. And once you're done, you're not going to hit that purchase button. No, no, no. You wait. You're going to get that promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You do it right now. Get yourself some healthy, delicious chocolate built bars today at built.com. Ulysses, you read the hell out of that live read. I'm going to cut that up and send it to the bosses upstairs. Oh, thank and you. I think you just deserve a, a drink bar? truck worth of built bars, basically. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think Klossy's going to have one before he goes to the gym, actually. Good. But uh, Evan, you mentioned it, you kind of alluded to it. Um, priorities for this off season mm-hmm. and what the Rays will do this off season. So is that kind of the plan here? Or what you think they should do is go out there and get a quality veteran starter, Charlie Morton esque type of guy to bridge the gap between knowing that Tyler glass now will not be in the fold or will not be pitching uh, as he is rehabbing from Tommy John surgery that you need kind of that experienced guy to help move along Boz and McClanahan, Rasmussen, Patino, and all those types of guys? Yeah. I, I mean, when you look at this team, there aren't many weaknesses. And and mm-hmm. it's going to be a very interesting offseason because you're not going to be able to protect everybody. Everybody, you know, some people are going to have to go. Uh-huh. Um, and you just wonder what that tinker move is that the Rays see um, – that usually we, we don't see until they do it. And we're like, okay, <laughs> I trust you, but oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of this. So I'm wondering what that move is going to be. You know, people float out there, Brandon Lau, uh, because it's emotional and it just came off the playoffs. But the fact is we've talked about it before. He's one of the best contracts in baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't see why a team that always looks to bargain shop is going to trade one of the best deals in baseball so I, I don't see that being a thing. You know, we mentioned before Glass now, uh, but really that doesn't, you know, that to me that's more of a money-moving deal. You know, maybe they want to bring back Nelly and try to and try to make him a one-year deal. I think there's something to be said about his ability to be a, a leader in that clubhouse, um, mm-hmm. especially for a guy like Wander Franco, who is the future of your franchise, who, you know, we could be talking about in the MVP conversation at the end of next year. Like he is that good of a player. This guy mm-hmm. is freaking yeah. fantastic. So uh, he is going to be once, once he gets a little bit older, the power is going to come and his numbers are going to be stupid. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, I, I, like, I don't know what his situation's like, but I would love the Rays to pony up and, and pay a guy like Justin Verlander for a year guy coming off Tommy John 
a dude that you can nurse for a little while, don't have to rush him back, kind of keep him in your back pocket for when the playoffs are needed. You know, you hope that maybe Tyler Glass now can come in as a reliever in the playoffs, maybe. I mean, that's his goal is to come back in September. Uh, I think it's it's feasible. I don't think it's a starter, but I think it's feasible to think that maybe he can give you an inning or two, and that's not too shabby. Um, I would also like to see the team really go after some sort of just like this is my guy type closer. Um, Mm. they've been linked with Craig Kimbrell in the past. Is that a guy that they'd be willing to go for where, you know, they can work out a a type of deal to to bring him to town? You know, they, I I think they were close. They were close in 2019. What was it? Three million? Three, four million away from getting Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. And it ended up being a good thing that they didn't get him then. Yes. <laughs> it really was. Um, but, you know, they traded Diego Castillo, and, and I get it. And I think long term, we'll all be okay with it. It just, um, you know, I would have liked a guy. Like, I need a guy. I, just, I, I need a guy at the end of the, at the, end of the game that I trust. I, I, I personally don't like the tinker tinker move in the ninth inning, um, especially when you get down to the playoffs. And, Normal stress is elevated even higher to perform yes. those environments when you got all of Fenway Park breathing down your neck. So, yeah, I think big thing, starting pitcher, uh, a closer, figure out a way to to manipulate the roster so that you're not losing too many guys. Um, you know, you got to remember also this this team that's built for the future and, and, and for the now, I should say, but they got a lot of young pieces. They got to make sure that they're on the 40 man roster so that they don't get poached in a rule five draft situation. So that is also going to factor into the equation of maybe guys on the roster now that are just going to have to be bled out um, just by necessity. So those are going to require deals to where maybe your deal, you might see some deals where the Rays are giving up MLB ready now prospect or MLB, ready now players for prospects that are guys you never heard of and they're 18 or 19 years old because the Rays need to kick some guys down the curb who Mm -hmm. have a little bit more length in them uh, while they can flesh out everybody who's come up through the system. You know, they're going to have to make room for Jock Lowe. They're going to have to make room for these guys, Vidal Brujan and all these guys who have earned the right to play a significant uh, inning in major league baseball. It's it's going to be a weird postseason, and I, I hope I hope that the Rays are willing to spend a little bit. I'm not saying that they're here going to drop monster contracts, but they don't have much money on the books. So it's like you know, there's a, a team that really doesn't want to spend a lot of money. I get it. They got you know, they're going to go through all their arb crap and everything, but they really don't have much on the payroll. So. I, I'm hoping that maybe that frees them up to make one addition or that's why I say like a name like Verlander where you can drop like a year and like 18 million or something and just give them just, you know, a quick and dirty contract. I don't know. But um, but they had that. They had Morton at 15 yeah. million. They had him and they let him go because they said with 13 million, we can get Hill, Archer, McHugh. And Waka, mm-hmm. I, I I'm afraid, Evan, that even though what you're saying is in everybody's dream wish list for the off season for 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 Chris Kringle to come and give us that to race nation, I feel like we're gonna get the same thing again. We're gonna get a Waka 2.0, whoever that is. It might be Waka again. It might be Waka. It might be, it might be Waka again. 
we you might bring back Yarbrough, honestly. Like, hey, you had a bad year. Here's a bounce back. I, I'm afraid of that, Evan. I'm afraid yeah. of that. And, and well, it's understandable to be afraid of it. And my thing is, my, my, my worry is they're not so much in transition this upcoming year as they were this past year. So this past year, Charlie Morton in their heads entering the regular season, which I don't care what Neander has to say and, oh, we were optimistic, blah, 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 blah. They did not see this season coming. Nobody right. sees yeah. 100 year, you know, 100 win seasons are very hard to come by. And they right. can do all the tinkering and think that maybe they're going to have a shot. But nobody saw this season coming. So for them, having Charlie Morton on a team where he's your ace and you got a bunch of nothing behind him doesn't make much sense. So why not try to take quantity over quality? That I understood entering the season. Now, this next season is different. Guys like Patino, Rasmussen, uh, Boz. Uh, and by the way, I think Shane Boz is going to be an ace type guy. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be the one and McClanahan's going to be the two when it's all said and done. Um, Ooh, I like that. That's yeah, a good take. I, I really, that's I, a really I, good take. I think that that's the way, like, and it could come as soon as next year, but that's just how optimistic I am on Bod. This upcoming season, they got a lot of strength at the start of the rotation, at least more experience. They'll have more innings. And I think that one more guy now, this upcoming year, a Charlie Morton, if you had Charlie Morton on your team this year going into the next year, I think you would say we need a guy like Morton more than the, the quantity of random dudes we're going to take a shot on. Because honestly, they don't have a place to put them. As I just they mentioned, don't. their roster is stacked. And if they want to do all this manipulation stuff of bringing guys up and bringing guys down and, and, and rotating in and out of their bullpen, well, they don't have the room to carry four starters and have – have those guys that I just mentioned who were not on the roster at the beginning of the season of last year. I, I'm not as optimistic that, and we've just seen the Rays history. I don't see them going after a Justin Verlander type or insert big name. I think they're, they're going to basically play from within Yanni Torinos. You're coming back healthy. Here's a spot for you. Brendan McKay, can you come back? Here's a spot for you. Brent Honeywell. Brent Honeywell. Tommy Romero, you're looking good in AAA. Let's give this guy a shot. Dietrich Enns. Hey, yeah, you look I, pretty good in September. You want to take the ball, kiddo? Yeah, I think they're – and I would love to see them go after a knockdown closer, but I wonder if they're just going to give more time to Nick Anderson and see if he can – salvage and, and get back to his normal or close to normal self. Or so you'll see one of those guys be converted. You know, you could see a, I, I could see a scenario where they go, you know, Brent, look, let's make yeah. honey day a, a close down situation. Let's make you a, a guy that can just work one, two innings, a McHugh type, a Kittredge type. I, I, I could see that quick hitters, uh, Evan. Yes or no question is Ooh. KK on the roster next year. Um, uh, <laughs> I know. I, I lean. That's tough. I don't know yet. I'm going to say if I had to make a guess. You have no. to. Okay. okay. Is Nelson Cruz on the roster? Yes or no? Probably not. Is Tyler Glass now? <laughs> is Tyler Glass now on the team in the organization next year? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Are there any other? Are there any other big name guys that I missed? Is Mike Brasso going to be? Oh kept? my gosh! Now, again, my my steely idea for Glass now is that the team 
works out a three-year extension with him. Give him, you know, that. you get, you, you pay him the nine mil, you sign him for another nine mil the next year, and then you get him, I don't know, another, let's say another nine million that third year. And then essentially the Rays get to buy out one of his free agent years and get him, you know, they, they get, they get to work him back. Then they get the following season where they manage innings and then probably get to use him a substantial amount. And then they get him, they get to unleash him the final year. And then he goes on his merry way or you trade him mid season if things are going south. I love that. I like it. I like it. Uh, Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, just use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive that bonus. Bet online. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and it's where the game starts. Um, Kevin. Yeah. When you talk about glass now, like, like Evan just said, I kind of just had a, a, a vision. Mm-hmm. When he says he can only provide one inning in September – Two innings, which would be fantastic. I think we would all sign up for that in right. Race Nation. Do you see him as a smaltzy? Like uh, starter and then converted to closer situation for Glass now? At least just for the while that he has to be stretched. That would be kind of interesting. You need, a, you need a closer? Why not have Tyler do that if he can't yeah. pitch three, four, five innings? Although I think... I don't know. For that month or that playoff. I just don't know if he's going to be ready by then. It's tough. It's tough. I'll say I don't know about that only because he's coming back. Like, it's enough stress on him to pitch again and start him up. Then to add the magnification of a late inning sort of deal. You know, I have a feeling he's a guy that would just grip it and rip it and maybe do more harm than good. It's worth a thought. I mean, if we get there, I mean, I'm down. I'm, it depends on how the season has played out to the point where it's like, okay, I need somebody else down there. And I almost, I almost wonder if he would, I don't want to, I hate to say this, but if he and his representatives, agents almost wouldn't want him to pitch and to get be in hurt that situation. And, get, and take that risk of the unfamiliar but if he does that if he does the the contract then he's safe at least for the next two years if something were to happen but all i'm saying is blake snell saved game game four alds 2019 and he had never been in that situation and you put him in the playoffs i don't know i'm saying if you have tyler glasnow for an inning september on i wouldn't mind seeing him getting some high leverage situations i mean you saw the red sox put it in neavaldi in in the ninth inning the other it didn't work out didn't work out yeah you know there's there's some creativity it, there. You know, my thoughts on that is, look, if you're Max Scherzer, you're, you're Jacob deGrom, you're Clayton Kershaw. And by the way, Kershaw has a terrible history. It's, it's changed recently. Uh, but, but you have to be of a certain upper echelon type guy to, I think, earn that stuff. And that's why I kind of – that's why it kind of sours me that the, the Rays went down taking a risk on throwing Shane McClanahan out there. I know they didn't have any options, but, you know, it just it, – it's not the thing. Those guys – like, put a guy in a situation to succeed. Different. No. And, and that's their whole thing, putting guys in a situation to succeed. 
he had never done that before. Yeah. Um, speaking of pitchers, have some baseball trivia here involving some pitchers. Uh, since 2010, there have been nine different pitchers to lead the American League in innings pitched in the regular season. So since 2010, there have been nine different pitchers to lead the American League in innings pitched in the regular season. I need five of those names. I don't need the number of innings pitched. I don't need the year that it happened. I just need the names. Evan. Well, Scherzer. Scherzer. No. Strike one. Whoa. Uh, Since 2010, American League. Go ahead. Well, Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander did it three times. Yes. Uh, Chris Sale. Chris Sale, yes. Um, did did Degrom end up doing it? American League. Oh, oh, sorry, American League. Okay, I'm gonna give you a pass there, but no more. It's a fault. Oh, if, yeah. if we did American League, I wouldn't have guessed Scherzer either. Uh, my bad. I missed that part. Um, okay. okay, American sorry. League. American League only. Um, American League. Okay. Uh, Garrett Cole. Incorrect. Wow. Okay. Strike two. Um, yeah, I forget that Evan's a Mets fan, so he's probably watching more National League yeah. Yeah. baseball. Yeah, I got to dig it. I got to dig it. You have Verlander and Sale. You whiffed on Garrett Cole um, and Scherzer. Oh, God. Um, uh, Corey Kluber? Corey Kluber is correct. He nice. did it in 2018 with Cleveland. Um, How many does he need? Zach Granke? Uh, Zach Granke? Is that your guess? Yeah. Incorrect. Strike three. Ulysses, can you help Evan out and get two more? That was mean, by the way. Did you say Zach Granke? No, I, I just wanted to make sure. I'm <laughs> I'm clarifying here for the record. Okay, I'm going with a dark horse first. Are, are you sure you want to put Brandon Lau third in the order in game four? <laughs> Kevin, are you sure Kevin, about that? Are you sure you want to do this again? You want to hit Meadow seventh and uh, Brandon Lau third? Is that smart? You don't want to play Wendell at all? Okay. No? Okay. He's an all-star. Uh, yeah. Are you sure? On the bench? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, here we go. <laughs> We're still not over it. Clearly not. Um, take Rick, some time. Rick yeah. Purcello. Incorrect. Oh, you little shifty guest there. Yeah, I just threw that that little change. Um, <laughs> little change piece. <laughs> exactly. Strike one. CC uh, Sabathia. Strike two. Thought about it. I thought about Cliff Lee when I thought of the uh, the Indians, yeah. but I think it's a little bit too far. Yeah. Since 2010. Oh, boy. Well, then I got it wrong. Lucas Giolito. Incorrect. Oh, Can man. I'm, I'm disappointed in you guys. Uh, you all missed Robbie Ray, who did it this year. Uh, Lance Lynn. Uh, another White Sox. David Price, who did it twice. Um, Dallas Keuchel. Um, 
Your boy yes. James Shields with the Royals. Oh, no. Yeah. And Big perhaps one of Ulysses' favorite pitchers of all time. Felix Hernandez? <laughs> no. Yeah. 2010. God. Yeah. I'm disappointed. Dude, have, you ever, have we ever had a discussion about why Big Game James is called Big Game James? It's the most ridiculous nickname ever in the history of baseball. I think it was Big from Game like James high school. And, it, and, it, and it's five, five point something ERA is called Big Game James. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it, it followed him uh, from high school days. But damn, dude, yeah. this, th- you know, this is my Kevin Crash moment. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, big game, James. Uh, you've got Yucky Yarbs. I mean, they, you know, it kind of has a ring to it. Uh, okay, Ulysses, give us that name, that war that you have. Okay, well, you guys are going to hate me uh, because this guy... He was a shortstop. He played first base. He played a little bit of third base. His name is Rich Aurelia. What is Rich Aurelia's career war according to baseball reference? Rich Aurelia, pride of St. John's, by the way. Shout out St. John's. Hey, look at that. Queens, New York, baby. Um, Yeah, Brooklyn. Rich Aurelia. Holy Christmas. I know. Rich Aurelia. The class is mighty silent here. Yeah. 33.2. 33.2 goes to Evan Klosky. Mm. What about Mr. Kevin Weiss? I think that's a little high. I think it's a little high. Probably- I'm going to say 28.5. Well, you both are the umpire that called that strike uh, uh uh, to Wander Franco on game four in the first inning. Because that was high. That was high. Mm. Rich Aurelia's <laughs> career war is 18.2. The one-time all-star, the one-time silver slugger, uh, 1576 career hits, 186 home runs, a Dude. slash line of 275, 328, a 433 slugging, 762 OPS. Pretty good career for himself. Uh, also won... Uh, no, he did not. He go, went to the World Series, but he never won a ring. Uh, man, I, I gave this guy... What, man, I thought it was a lot better than what he was. Who had a higher career war, Rich Aurelia or Paul Sorrento? <laughs> Rich Aurelia, right? I think so. That's an inside joke there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Evan wants to work out. He's, he's tired of us now, Do but... It. I'm like, I'm so bad at the name, the war stuff. It's hilarious. I can't. <laughs> you just gotta do point one war one season and then just, ne- come on now. I know. You're I pulling know. out an 18? Oh, well, see, that's, here's my problem. See, on, on Fangraphs, he's, he's a 26. And, and I think Fangraphs is way inflated over the, the, the baseball reference that we use. So I, I have to really like just, one night, like, go down a, a dark rabbit hole of just clicking names and just really getting familiar with with that war. Yeah, that, that sounds like a Friday night for me, Kevin. Yeah. Just <laughs> go into the dark hole of baseball reference. That's fun. That's, That's basically fun what we do. Just think about if there was a guy that we played with in – on a GameCube or yeah. N64. Game there was a – just think about all those guys – 
<laughs> from like 2000 to 2005 when we were playing video we games. Baby. You know what? I bet that people that are listening, some people that are listening to this are like GameCube. I never, is that like an Atari? <laughs> like, nah, yeah. nah, fam. We're old. You never yeah. messed around with GameCube and Luigi's Mansion. You never lived. That's right, baby. Yeah. That's right. Speaking of video games, uh, Ulysses and I have a little battle going on. MLB The Show. I think I... We're both horrible, but he's less horrible than I am. You know, who ended up winning the Fantasy League? I was second place. It was uh, Zach Dab. Listener Zach Dab. Thank you very much. I was second. Kevin, what, what place were you in? Were you in the podium? I was basically like the Rays. I had yeah. the best regular season record, and I tanked. First week in the playoffs. Yeah, very crazy. That's how it happens. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Evan, how can people find your work? Yeah, you can go to at WTSP if you're watching on the YouTube page. Uh, you can see it right there on your screen on Twitter. 99.9% of the time, uh, I will respond. Don't be nasty, all right? Uh, that's the point one. Having said that, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, at Ekloski. And then also 1010bay.com, you know, now that the, the Rays are out, unfortunately, um, we will be talking about the bolts, the bucks, you know, the, the, the lightning just got their rings. They look mighty pretty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as, as they go for their back to back to back quest, as for the bucks, we're looking for that back to back. Uh, they play the bears on Sunday and if they can win, they would be off to their best start ever in franchise history. So, uh, 1010bay.com, we got you covered. Rowdies, you know, are about to hit the playoffs as well. The Pride of St. Pete, uh, also uh, an organization uh, underneath Stu. So, um, you know, and, and in a Rosarena plays on the Rowdies. So that's another positive. But that is yeah. true. That it, 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 Tampa Bay, like, look, look at yeah. this area. This this area is amazing for sports. It's doing well. Uh, uh, Evan, you mentioned YouTube. Uh, we look good on YouTube, right? I mean, should people yeah. subscribe to the YouTube channel? I would argue, yes, you should. Thank you. I think so, too. Kevin, do you think that people should subscribe to our YouTube channel? Does a bear poop in the woods? I'm, I'm going to go for this. Yes, yes they bars? do. Does Ulysses eat built bars? Yes. yes. I, think he, I think Ulysses ate about 12 built bars before recording this episode. I'm all He's, hopped up on built bars, bro. You're hopped up on something, that's for sure. Let's go. All right. Uh, thanks again. <laughs> yeah. And on that note. On that note. <laughs> yeah. Very good transition. This guy is a pro. Uh, Thanks again for making the Locked on Rays podcast your first listen every day. And we'll be back next week. In the meantime, check out the latest episode of the Locked on MLB podcast.